The Convention Collective at New York Comic Con 2023. In conversation with David M. Boer and Drew Zucker. Hi, this is Dan, New York Comic Con 2023 with David Boer and Drew Zucker, co-creators of a title that just went, launched on crowdfunding site Soup called The Feeding. We're going to talk about that title as well as some news that just dropped. So, gentlemen, uh, The Feeding, it's a fairly deep and psychological horror story that's wrapped in a one-shot format. What was your process when it came to writing something self-contained like this versus something longer form like Canto? Well, Drew, why don't you start with sort of where you got, where the idea uh, came from. So the idea came from a nightmare I had that was kind of the bones of what the book would become. And when I had it, I, you know, I tend to remember my my dreams to some degree. Right. But usually it's fleeting stuff. It's gone within two seconds. But when I woke up, this kind of stuck around for about 30 <laughs> seconds. And I, in a mad dash, just translated my just stream of consciousness into my app, my like, <laughs> notes. And when you read the notes, it's the ravings of a madman. But then, you know, we were able to kind of, like, massage it into a coherent story. But the bones of what that initial dream was is really still what the book is. Yeah, so we, Drew and I, have been wanting to do something else. So we've worked on Canto together since 2019. Right. And we haven't, uh, and that's basically all that we've done together. And we wanted to do something else, but also with the demands on our schedules for other projects and for Canto, we really only had time to put together a one-shot. So this is a 32-page one-shot story. Okay. And when Drew sent me the idea and sort of sent me his uh, mad rantings about what the story is, I loved the idea, loved the concept. So we took it and we sort of um, maximized. We, we uh, cut it into the leanest possible uh, story that would fit in 32 pages. And I think what resulted from it is something that we are uh, both so proud of. Yeah, it feels it feels good. It feels tight. It feels uh, fun. No and wasted, scary. no wasted time. No yeah. wasted panels. Everything. It flows very smooth. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, David, is horror something that you've always wanted to write, or was the creation of the feeding more or less due to popularity of the genre currently? I guess not be based on your dream. So that's how it kind of came about. So horror is that something you've always wanted to write? Yeah, so my first, my first sort of passion as a, as a reader was Stephen King when I was far too young to be reading <laughs> Stephen King. Uh, so I loved that. I loved R.L. Stein, Fear Street. Uh, I was, and I loved uh, 80s horror movies. Okay. I go to the video store in the horror section now, which is basically work my way down, uh, all these horror movies. So like Chopping Mall and Dead Alive and all these great titles. Uh, so I've loved horror and... You know, to watch in comics how horror has become so popular, and also in TV and film, how horror has become so popular. So I have a passion for it, and I think there's a great market for it. So that sort of all came together. <laughs> Drew literally dreamed up the idea. And, uh, yeah, that's what uh, the feeding has resulted from all of that. Yeah. Now, also congratulations on the feeding hitting its goal in the first day. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is horror a genre that you can see yourself coming back to? Yeah, so... My first kind of like strikeout success was um, the house that I did with Philip Seavey. That was kickstarted through, uh, or that was 
done on Kickstarter, and eventually Dark Horse actually picked it up right. to re-release it once we had ran most of the print run. So horror is something that, you know, despite being an absolutely terrified child of everything in the world, and horror just was not my jam growing up. <laughs> It, it, as an adult and as a creator, it's a genre that I'm very much attached to. And I have some things coming down the pike that are horror, so hopefully we'll get to talk about that sometime soon. Hopefully we will. Now, the Phoenix, as we said, it's being released through Zoop, which is a fairly new platform for funding and promoting creator-owned projects similar to Kickstarter. How do you decide on Zoop versus Kickstarter for your book? So Zoop, uh, we know we know the uh, the, the guys who uh, have cre- has have created Zoop. Okay. So we've been talking to them for a long time about something to go onto the platform. And the good thing about Zoop is it's full, it's, it's full service. Yeah. So whereas Drew, even, your, even Drew's experience on Kickstarter is you have to do everything from start to finish. Okay. Whereas Zoop, uh, they, they handle a lot of it, including fulfillment. We can go through printing with them. Yep. And then the Zoop campaign that we're doing for the feeding is set up to be basically a pre-order campaign. Okay. The book is finished. All the color, the art, coloring, lettering—it's all done. It's all been formatted. We had a New York Comic Con variant that sold out uh, at the show, so it's a full—it's—it's it's done. So right. what we're doing now for 30 days is collecting uh, pre-orders for an A cover, a foil cover that's limited to 150, and uh, black and white—that's a yep. full black and white issue that's limited to 100. Nice. And they're all going to have a Zoop logo on them. Okay. And once the campaign is completely done, those covers, those variants are going to be retired. Okay. Never to be offered again. <laughs> and then hopefully the next step will be going out with a publisher to the, to the wider market with something with this story, but with a new cover. Okay. A new, a new push for it. So the Zoop campaign really is an opportunity to get on board early for the story. That's going to have a lot of, a lot of life after the campaign's over. Now, Drew, you have such a distinct artist, artistic style. How do you approach the art for um, this book versus other things you've worked on in the past? So it, what was fun about this was that the house came before Canto. So Canto has obviously resulted in 23 issues of interior work, endless covers. And what was exciting was to take all the stuff I've learned doing Canto and now reapply it back into doing a horror book. Okay. So the approach never really changes. Instead, what it is, is understanding storytelling and how it works within comics for something like horror. Because you don't have sound, you don't have movement, it's much harder. Jump scares are not a real thing. Right. So instead, what you end up doing is... It's understanding how to utilize panel layout, how to utilize pacing of smaller panels to get the result you want uh, when doing horror. And that's more of where the approach comes in, is how do you adjust something you know epic and bombastic like Canto and bring it down to a much more intimate level. Well, and some of the things that I love about what Drew has done in the feeding is, there is there's little touches of the fantastical in it. Yes. So especially some of the transitions, like there's one page where uh, the character is uh, drawn upside down to show how off kilter his psyche is and his, the, the world is around him. And then there's another um, page where there's a transition from the present to the past where he, the character is literally um, sort of disintegrating into the past. And I think those kind of sensibilities come from all the work that, you, that Drew's done on yeah. Canto. Nice. 
Now, I know it's a one-shot, but are there plans to expand the story at all? Expand that universe you've co-created? I'm not sure if there are plans to necessarily expand this, but I think we'd both like to do more of this kind of thing, this self-contained kind of story where we're not... It's not as much of a investment of time and energy from our end. We can kind of, you know, do the best work we can in a contained package, but also we're not asking fans to invest a heavy amount of time or money into it. We're asking them to come on like a really tight, short adventure with us, and then we can keep jumping around into different types of horror. You know, there's hard subdivides into so many different genres, and we're both such expansive fans of it that I think there are other areas we'd like to play with. Nice. Any other genres that you two are looking to work on? I love I love doing haunted house horror. I'm a big Lovecraft guy for like that kind of Lovecraftian abyss okay. type of stuff. I love doing that. Um, I'd be curious to see if there was a way to do almost a found footage way of doing something in a comic. Um, that... It, that genre is trashy as it can be. I is one of my favorite genres ever. I'm sure there's an opportunity there. I I think the expansion of the feeding is not necessarily in the story, like Drew was saying, but more in going down the road of like an anthology series, like okay. Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. A lot of folks are uh, are sort of uh, recalling EC horror comics from the 50s right. when they read the feeding, and I love that. Yeah. And so Tales from the Crypt. A vault of horrors, that kind of thing. Doing an anthology series that's being true, a framing story. Yeah. You have a host. Yeah. You have the curator, <laughs> something like that, who's telling these stories to you, like we have the creep from Creep Show, or um, which is with Image right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a big opportunity, and if we did another crowdfunding or the next step, wouldn't necessarily be funding the the standalone second story. We would probably add that story to the feeding and make it like a two-story okay and then just keep adding to it rather than doing singles and then collecting them together one of my favorite things of the last couple of years is uh actually the the evil dead remakes that have popped up because i'm a huge fan of what happens if you give first-time directors or new directors the same concept Right. That Sam Raimi kicked things off because Sam Raimi effectively did it himself. Yeah. What happens if you give them the same pitch, same concept? What do they do with it, and how does it that base concept change through the vision of another director? We're kind of flipping it on its head, where instead it would be the same creative team that would continue on doing different genres, but I think there's something interesting in the creative team continuing. <clears throat> And rather than sticking in one particular space, just coming in and trying different genres or different subgenres of, of horror. <laughs> now, Gemma, I believe this is the first time that you two have worked together since Canto. So what do you have coming down the pipeline? Together or separately or both? Let's uh, do we'll, together we'll first. Well, I think it was just announced that we are working on a lot more Canto together. Yes. Uh, oh yeah so uh, it has just come out that um, we have uh, we've renewed we've, we've signed a, a license deal with Dark Horse okay and they're going to be publishing uh, hardcover reprints of all of the canto that has come before nice. and they're going to push into schools and libraries and the book market really hit 
the middle grade okay. younger audience that we think is the YA under, type. Yeah, that yeah. we think has been underserved by um, Cantus so far. It just hasn't been they haven't been exposed to it. Uh, so there's that, and then we have been renewed for um, a lot more new single issues. We're nice. going to complete the what we, we call the Shrouded Man Saga, okay. which is what started in 2019. It's going to wrap with six more issues. Okay. And then after that, we've got some more to come that we will continue to announce as it gets closer. And when is the new uh, miniseries going to start? In terms of release, I should say. I believe it will be some, I think, June. Like mid, mid, mid next year. Okay, yeah. so right before San Diego next year. Yeah, uh, that, would yeah. that would be ideal. Yeah. It, it's exciting because, you know, this is our baby. This is yeah. kind of what has made our careers, uh, so to say. Yeah. And the commitment we've gotten from Dark Horse and, you know, not only to Canton but to us has been it's unreal the support we're being given yeah and it feels like we're you know we never put out work that we weren't proud of we're we're extremely proud of the entire series but now it feels like we we have a partner with us that sees that passion and that value and is willing to push it out as hard as we're willing to work awesome and where can people find you guys online follow your all your creations well currently we have the zoop campaign going okay. so uh <laughs> if you go to the zoop website i think it's zoop.gg gg yeah i think that's the website um you can find the feeding on there and i still i think it's still got a couple of weeks to go yep um and then uh folks can find me on instagram at david boer uh x formerly known as twitter <laughs> Uh, it will always be Twitter to it'll me. It will always be Twitter. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, and I got that wrong. I am David M. Boer on Instagram, David Boer on Twitter, and I do a lot of streaming on Whatnot, so you can find me there. Uh, same thing for me. I'm on Whatnot at Art of Drew Zucker. I'm on Instagram at Art of Drew Zucker, and I am on Twitter, not X. <laughs> I don't care what, what Elon says. Uh, it'll be at Drew underscore Zucker. And any last words for our listeners? Uh, just... just Visit the uh, Zoop page for the feeding. Uh, back it, get your pre-orders in, and I think we have a lot of exciting things in store for both the feeding and Canto and more things beyond. Yes. I can't wait to hear. Thank you both for your time. Thank you. Thank you.